Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. This Sunday morning, Pastor John Irving talked about how the birth of Jesus is not what they expected. What are you expecting around his second coming? Praise God. Well, this morning, it's, uh, I'm going to be speaking this morning about both the first advent and the second advent. And some may be saying, what is an advent? An advent is the birth of Christ, the first coming, all right? So we're going to be speaking about the first coming and look at some scriptures, particularly about Simeon. That was where I was feeling. Uh, I knew I was going to be speaking all month, and I felt the Lord give me the scriptures for the entire month, but not the messages. All right, so I knew I was speaking today on Simeon and Anna, uh, but I didn't know the message until two days ago. And, and then even last night, the Lord gave some fresh revelation, and I'm really pumped. I was up about three in the morning, couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. I'm just pumped about this morning. All right, and uh, just, uh, just a little heads up. So we're going to be speaking, if, if you um, want to a title, this is kind of like, uh, the first and second coming of the Lord, all right? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk predominantly, we're going to compare the two, and then we're going to look at the first advent, the first coming, the birth of Christ, but then we're going to talk about the second coming. We would be amiss if we didn't sound the alarm like John the Baptist to talk about the second coming, all right? If we just, just want to uh, paint a nice picture of Jesus in a manger... All right, without the cross and without the resurrection and without his soon return, we would be doing the gospel a disservice. All right, and so we need the full counsel of God. All right, just as a, a little uh, segue, uh, today is the first day of Hanukkah. All right, festival of lights. There for eight days, they, they have... Uh, a celebration of lighting the candles, and we just want to wish all our Jewish and Messianic uh, friends uh, a happy Hanukkah, and it finishes on Boxing Day next week, so eight days of Hanukkah, and most of you know the story. I'm not going to go into it, but the, but the bottom line why we remember Hanukkah is the miracle of the lighting of the light, and, uh, uh, and, and who really is that light that Hanukkah points towards? Jesus, the light of the world, all right? And, uh, and that's going back to his first uh, coming. So the first advent, or the birth of Christ, compared to the second coming, this looks look at a few things. This is a short list. That There is many, 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 many more things that could be compared to but I want to make sure that you're all out of here to have something to eat in 40 minutes. All right? Anyway, uh, first one, Jesus came humble. All right? In a manger. We spoke on this last week in detail. The shepherds heard the glory, the incredible news that the glory of the Lord had returned to the earth. The second coming, we see Jesus coming on a white horse. He's not coming as a babe in a manger. He's coming as a conquering king. He's going to have a sword in his 
mouth. He's coming to rule and to reign. He's coming to establish his kingdom on earth. His first coming, all right, he emptied himself. All right, Philippians chapter 2 of his rights, and he came humbly as a man. Uh, His mission when he first came was to rescue the perishing, to set the captives free, all right, to secure salvation for you and me. That was his mission, the first coming. The second coming, as we've just said, he's coming to establish his kingdom. He's not coming, uh, he's coming in all his glory and all his power. He's coming to subdue uh, uh, nations and people that are standing against him. He's coming as a conqueror, all right? Um, there's one, there's many, many others, and I'll, I might say, share a few more uh, in moments and days and in, in hours to come, hours, all right, and times uh, later in the service. Uh, there's one more I really want to share with you, but I feel to give it towards the end of the message. All right, so let's examine some scriptures, and I'll use first and second. You'll know what it means, first coming, second coming, and we'll just look at some familiar scriptures and some not-so-familiar scriptures and just see, because sometimes the first and second coming of the Lord are within the same grouping of scriptures, in the same verse or in the same couple of verses, you have, and, and there's a gap of 2,000 years between them, all right? And this is very common in some of the scriptures. So turn with me to, of course, the very famous one in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, all right? And let me just change glasses here. Praise God. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And what is this sign? Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. So that is the first sign that there's going to be a virgin. That's the first coming. Now slip over. All right to chapter 9, and let's start here in verse 2, and while we're reading through here, you be thinking before I say it, whether this is the first coming, or the second coming, or some of them, it can be both, all right, the people, verse 2, the people who walk in darkness, who are the people that walk in darkness? The people that don't know God. Their eyes, the Bible says, have scales on their eyes. They can't see. Anybody have any family members that are walking in darkness? All right. This Christmas, let's pray for them. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Those Thou shalt multiply the nation. Thou shalt increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence with gladness of harvest. All right? As men rejoice when they divide the spoil. All right? So we're talking here of of a time of darkness. 
And here, this could be both the first advent and the second advent, all right, because both times, one of the interesting things about the first coming and second coming of Christ was it was dark before his coming. Before his first coming, it was dark. And how many people know it's dark right now? All right, it's incredibly dark right now. So skip down to the familiar verse, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. First or second coming? First coming. And the government will rest on his shoulders. First or second? The fulfillment of it will be second coming. All right? It, it, he's, he's already established as, as the king of kings and the lord of lords, but the fulfillment of that. So right there in the same verse is the first and second coming. Uh, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. These are the names our Lord is bestowed upon. Verse 7, there will be no end of his increase of government or of peace on the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice. How many people know we need a little justice in the world right now? Justice is absolutely void in our land right now. But he is coming. He's going to set up his throne. He's going to set up his, his uh, 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 the temple mount. All right. He's coming back to rule and reign from the mountain in Zion. Come on now. Why is there so much friction in Jerusalem and on the temple mount? It's because there is a war for who is going to sit on the throne. All right. And we know who's going to win that To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and furthermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. There's something about zeal, folks. We need to have zeal for God. We cannot be ho-hum, I've got the t-shirt, ho-hum, I've heard this message, ho-hum, I've been through Christmas before, it's all the same, all right? You know, can you imagine... Uh, the disciples on the Passover, the night before Jesus died, they had been celebrating. Some of them were 30, 40, 50 years old. They've been celebrating Passover every year. Uh, and here it is, another Passover. All right, now something's different. They've got this miracle worker with them. But little did they know that the next day, all right, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would pay the price for their sins and that they were thrust out into the gospel to advance the kingdom of God. Their lives totally changed. When we give our hearts to the Lord, our lives should be changed. There should be something. Somebody should be able to point to a time, all right, often. Sometimes maybe you, you grew up in the church, you don't have a specific time, but you can have an encounter with God. There's, there needs to be some time in our life where we can point and say, this was the moment that God got a hold of me, and I am now living for the king of kings. And if that time hasn't come, today's a good time for him to get a hold of you, all right? For some, maybe it's, it's uh, yeah, I believe all that. I go to church. I love Christmas. I love the carols. But it hasn't been a changing our lives like it should. It hasn't been impacting us the way it should, all right? Today is a good day for that message of the cross, message of the birth of Christ, 
and the realization, the second coming of Christ is at hand. All right, so we're living in dark times. All right, um, and the other thing is that both times back in those days and in these days, they were expecting the Messiah. All right. The Jewish people, because of the prophecies in Daniel, where it talks about 70 weeks, and they worked out the, the calculation of time, they knew that they were in and around the time the Messiah is supposed to come. There was an air of expectancy in the first coming. There was a desire. They were under oppression of Rome, and they wanted it to be lifted off. They had a desire to see uh, Genesis 3.15, all right, fulfilled, all right, where he will bruise your, uh, your heel, but you'll crush his head. That's the Messi, first Messianic uh, uh, scripture in the Old Testament. And as they were desiring to see that come to pass, and they were expecting, how do I know that? Because when you go to uh, Luke, all right, chapter 2, if you want to slip over there right now, that would be okay. We're going to camp out here for a little bit. All right. Oh, there's so much here that could be written. I'm just skimming over some of these verses. Last week, we talked about the annunciation, you know, the announcement of the angels to the shepherd. And, um, and right after that, Jesus was presented to the temple. And some things happened when he went to the temple. Let's pick up the story in verse 21. That's Luke 2, verse 21, and when the eight days were completed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. You can go back and hear what Joseph, the, the angel said to call him Jesus. The name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so on the eighth day, he was circumcised. And then verse 22, and when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, all right, this is a 40-year, 40-day period of time of cleansing, they brought Jesus to the temple. Not on the eighth day, but on the 40th day. They brought Jesus to the temple for dedication. This is a, a requirement uh, the Old Testament demanded that the, listen to what it says here in verse 23. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be holy unto the Lord. So Jesus wasn't just holy because he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was holy as the firstborn. All right? And then uh, verse 24 and to offer sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. Uh, Leviticus 1.14, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So these were two um, small donations uh, ev that everyone could afford. It wasn't something that only the rich could do. Every single person could give a couple of pigeons or a couple of turtle doves to be sacrificed, 
as an offering. And Mary and Joseph went. All right? Now we get into this story of Simeon. Simeon is, we, we, could, we could be here for the next two hours. I'm only going to take about six or eight minutes to talk about Simeon. But this man is absolutely incredible. And there's some lessons we can learn from this, this gentleman about the first coming of the Lord. And verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous. We can stop right there. He was a righteous man. And devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. What is the consolation of Israel? The Messiah. Looking for the Messiah. Wow. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. We need to have the Holy Spirit upon us as we're waiting for the Messiah, folks. The second coming, we really need to have an, an eager expectation. This next verse is amazing. Listen to this. Verse 26. And it had been revealed, revelation, in this days, in this second coming of Christ, we need revelation just like they needed at the first one. The first coming of Jesus, most of Israel missed it. The second coming of the Lord, sadly to say, much of the church is going to miss his second coming. It's a good time to say, ouch. All right? And why do I talk on this? Because A, I don't want to miss the second coming of Christ, and B, I don't want you to miss the second coming of Christ, both here in our church and those watching online. This is a time that we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to his people right now. Amen? And so we need to have sensitive ears. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah. He had heard from the Lord through his pressing in that he would not see death. He wouldn't die before he would see this one that was prophesied through the entire Old Testament, that he would see this one, the consolation, the comfort, the, 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 the Messiah would come. He had been promised that. God has given us some promises. Press into these promises. Some of you have had prophetic words. Press into those prophetic words. Believe God to do these things before his second return comes. Amen. Oh, come on now. That can preach. Somebody say amen. Amen. And uh, verse 27, and he came in the spirit, into the temple. Now, Anna, we're going to see, just continually stayed at the temple. But Simeon likely came and went, probably lived close to the temple, came frequent and often to the temple. And, uh, and the spirit led him and drew him to come to the temple at that very time. There's going to come times in these days ahead that you're going to have um, a moment where you're going to feel impressed to go to such and such a place at this particular time. And as you get there, you're going to meet somebody. That has been happening to me a lot. It happened this week. I won't go into the details, but I felt the Lord saying, go to this place. 
I didn't have to go at that moment, but I dropped what I was doing here at the church, and I went there, and lo and behold, somebody, I wasn't looking, expecting somebody, or I was just doing something, and lo and behold, that person was there that God wanted me to meet with. Can we begin to just hear the Spirit of God? And he can talk to us in unusual ways. He can say, go to Mr. Sub, and you go, and you meet somebody. Go to... Tim Hortons, go to, notice they're all about food. No. <laughs> uh, uh, go, go see the mechanic right now. Go do, you know, and sometimes, not every time, but sometimes there's a divine appointment. And let's believe for these divine, these divine uh, happenings, all right? And, um, and then it says here, uh, he was led by the Spirit into the temple for a divine appointment. Let's wake up in the morning and say, God, let me be alert to the divine appointments of today. All right? And when his parents brought in the little child, Jesus, this little baby, to carry out for him the custom of the law, they were just coming and doing what was commanded of them. And what did God do? He set up two different people to have a divine appointment. Can, can you put yourself in the, can you, can you imagine yourself as Mary, uh, as, as, uh, or as, as, as Joseph, coming into the temple? They know their child's unusual. How do they know their child is unusual? Well, angel foretold it. Uh, Joseph had a dream with an angel uh, they had not consummated their marriage. At this point, uh, Jesus uh, was born, um, uh, was birthed, conceived, not by human understandings, but by divine Holy Ghost. And so they're coming in, and this is what happens. All right? Then he took him, the little baby, into his arms. Now, first of all, if you're a mom, are you really eager to give your baby up to somebody that's a stranger? <laughs> you know? But somehow uh, they did. It was a divine appointment. And bless God and said, now, Lord, listen to this word so you can think of first or second coming here. Uh, now, Lord, thou dost let your bondservant depart in peace according to your word for mine eyes have seen your salvation. All right? He's, he, he is prophesied. This is the one. This is the Messiah. Incredible gift of revelation. Prophetic understanding this man had. Verse 31 which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. We're talking both the first predominantly and also carrying into the second coming. Verse 33, and his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said. We need to be led by the Spirit, folks. Some of you may get a, a, a vision to 
divest or invest in something. And suddenly that's going to touch the, the, the stock market. Some of you may be told to sell something or to buy something. Let's be led by the Lord in our sharing of the gospel, but also in our finances and our resources. Let's really at this time, really listen, the first coming of, of, of Christ, when he died, what happened? They, they all met together as one, and they sold all their possessions and laid them at the disciple. That was the spirit of God moving. I am not saying anybody to do that, all right? But the Lord may call somebody to do that. If the Lord calls you and you know it's God, don't do it if it's just as a, as, as a hyper-spiritual uh, thing to do. That's not, I'm not going out selling our house or anything right now, but we've already given it to the Lord. You know, it, it's his house. If he says to do it, we're hoping to be able to listen and to do it, all right? And uh, so, so there's supernatural areas of finances and, and leading and, 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 and direction, all right? The Lord may be telling some people to do something, then do it, all right? And I don't have anybody in mind here in this room when I'm saying this stuff. So if God's speaking to you, it's not because I am trying to make anything happen. I'm just saying let's be sensitive, all right? And then he prophesies this, verse 34. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul. When Jesus was on the cross, what happened? As, as his mom. To the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. When the Messiah comes the first time, the hearts of the Sanhedrin were revealed. The second coming, the hearts of pastors and leaders and church people will be revealed. As we'll hear in a little bit, if we have time, there's going to be a great falling away. There really will be in the second coming. And then it goes on to this prophetess, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was advanced in years, next verse is 84 years old, having lived with a husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. So she'd spent probably from her mid-20s to 84, I write about 60 years, give or take, living at the temple. She was a fixture at the temple. Kind of like Jack here. Always here, praying, praying, and praying, and praying. All right? Don't you just love Jack? I tell you, he is such a blessing. But the, this, this woman, um, 84 years old, never left the temple serving. See that word? Serving night and day with fastings and prayers. This year, 2023, is going to be a year that's birthed in fasting. All right? And God's going to begin to give us some insights to this year as we fast in the first part of this year. Uh, there's many prophets and many people saying many things about this year and the year following. And... I ponder them, 
uh, people I respect. And there's some coming out, oh, great wealth is coming, and this is happening, and this is about some really nice things. Well, I'm telling you, those are the ones I want to listen to. All right, but then there's some that are coming out with some doom and gloom and some hard times and some difficult times that are ahead. Possibly both are true. For the Israelites, they could have said back in Egypt that there's plagues that are coming, and there was, but they lived in the land of Goshen. It didn't touch them, all right? And so we could have some of that going on where we're living and all around us, we could see some of this, but it won't touch us. But then again, as we go into the tribulation, and some people say, well, I believe in pre-trib, and I pray you're, you're right. I used to believe in pre-trib, and I hope you're right. I really do, because I don't want to go through the tribulation. I'll just be straight up. I, I think you'd have to be uh, sadistic to want to go through some of that stuff. But we need to be prepared to go through this stuff. We need to set our eyes that we're not going to fall away. We're not going to fall away. We are going to stay with Jesus. We're going to we're going to we're going to fix our eyes on Christ. We're going to look ahead. We're not going to look back. No looking back to 1999 or 1959 or 1949 to 1989. No looking back. No looking back. That's what the song says. All right. We're going to fix our eyes and follow Jesus, no matter where it takes us. All right. And so that's what we learn here from these two amazing people. Simeon and Anna, they were forward-looking, even though they were advanced in years. And we have one or two uh, in our congregation, all right, uh, like myself, that are advanced in years. All right? I'm not naming names. All right? We need to look forward. The gospel's always about looking forward, not looking back. The only time we look back is when we say, thank you, Lord, for what you did. We can look back and say, Lord, I thank you. Back in 1981, you saved my soul, all right? We can look back and thank God for what he did, the miracles, but we don't look back to say, oh, it was so much better back then, all right? And so uh, verse 38 says this, and at that very moment she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for him, the redemption of Jerusalem, all right? And uh, then it says in verse 40, and the child continued to grow and became strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, that can mess your theology, Christology. Was Je didn't, didn't Jesus know all things? How could he increase in knowledge? <laughs> well, one way that he could increase in knowledge was he was 100% man. He'd never been man before. So he increased in knowledge, understanding of what it was like to be a child, to be a teenager, to be a man, to have all the temptations that we have. That's one of the things that he could increase in knowledge. He already knew all things, and that's another whole big, big topic. Look over to chapter 4, verse 18. We come to the... Temptations of Christ. He's a man. He's in ministry. It says here, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What is this, first coming or second coming? First coming. He has um, sent me to proclaim 
release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set uh, free those who are downtrodden to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Sorry, the way the light is shining on the red lever, letters, it's just almost disappeared. <laughs> I maybe have to look different or something. Anyway, it'll turn back to Isaiah chapter 61. All right. And this is where Jesus' mission is, Isaiah 61. And basically, all those verses are there. That's the first coming of Christ. All right. And we, we pick up in verse 1 at the end, all right, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And right here, I, I've put this in my Bible, all right, he stops right there. That's the first coming. Second coming continues. I've got it right here in my notes. I've had it here for a long time. And the day of vengeance of our God. That's the second coming, right there in the same scriptures as the first coming and the second coming of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, who, who are mourning in the tribulation, in the end times, he's going to come and bring comfort. Now that applies to people that are going through hardships throughout the last 2,000 years but it's specifically talking to people that are in the tribulation, that are in difficult times, bringing comfort to those that are in hard times. Isn't our God good? He's telling us in advance that there's coming a day when it's going to be really hard and you're going to go through something. You're going to lose a loved one. You're going to, ha you're going to have this happen to you. You're going to be in prison. And I'm going to bring comfort to all those that mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion giving them, listen to this, giving them a garland instead of ashes, beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness. This is what's coming, folks. We don't have to look at the negative stuff coming. This is our inheritance. This is what God is about to do for us in the second coming. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, this is a time to rise up and praise God. It's not a time to say, it's a real hard time. Oh, I don't know. Listen, do not be like the man that was given one talent and he hid it in the ground. This is not the time to hide your, um, your, your faith. This is a time to take the bushel off and let your light shine. Now use wisdom. We're not to cast our pearls before swine. There are some swine in these end times. All right, there's times that we're supposed to use wisdom and zip the lip. And God will give us the wisdom in who to keep quiet around. There are some. All right, but isn't it the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting? So they will be called oaks of righteousness. All right, that's Simeon. He was a righteous man. And he is calling you and me to be righteous, not in our own filthy rags, but in the righteousness of Christ. We will stand and we will shine when the earth gets darker, when the, the planet gets darker, when the people get darker, your light's going to shine even more. Come on. This is a time, this is a season that we were born for. Does this mean we shouldn't be uh, scared or, 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 
or, or apprehensive, let me just say, in the natural, it's okay to have a little trepidation. When I went to Israel in 2006, and I knew we were going up into the war zone where bombs are falling all around us, all right, I was going alone. Um, there was a few moments that I was a little in the flesh nervous, actually downright scared, getting on the plane in Toronto, knowing where I was going, and I was alone. I was meeting people over there. And then uh, when we were driving up and we stopped in uh, Haifa up in this park, and we went out and we prayed, and we were told by our, our guide, he was an Israeli army retired officer, and uh, he said, uh, we are now, from this point on, we are entering the area that the Katusha rockets from Lebanon, uh, Hezbollah, they can hit, they can strike this far. They've gone a lot farther since then. But I'll tell you, there was a little nervousness going on at that point. We're going into a place where they're telling everybody to get out, and we're entering in. we got another two-hour drive. And, um, but God gave supernatural peace. We got there on the... The, um, the Shabbat, Friday night, we were staying at a kibbutz at the bottom, at the base of, uh, of um, Lebanon. And right up on the top, days earlier, was where the enemy was throwing, firing rockets from. When we got there, they'd been pushed back a mile. So we were a mile from the front line of Lebanon, and we were, uh, you know a quarter of a mile to where the Israeli artillery was firing rockets. We were right there. There's the hill up here where Lebanon is, down here is Israel. Right here and here are the two armies firing rockets, and we're right below. We're right in the midst. And that Psalm, Psalm 23 came to life, all right, right there, uh, um, where he says, um, oh... He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And we had incredible peace. There wasn't, there was only about three or four Israelis. They'd all left, all left. In fact, I used to have a plaque over here of a menorah made of tiles. We'll find it sometime, all right, and, and it says Shalom. That was made, it was a tile place. That was made, Shalom. It was right there when the Katusha, we were feeling the, the ground shake every time. And God, God has a way all right, it's okay to have a little natural fear from time to time. You know, if a dog comes up to you and it's not a very friendly dog, you know, at this time I'm still a little bit on the inside, a little. I've told you a story about dogs when I grew up. You had to, you had to uh, steal yourself and not give even a hint of fear. All right? And, uh, and so it's okay to have a little bit of trepidation, but don't let that rule who you are. Ask God to give you that incredible peace that passes, there it is, passes human understanding. In the natural, we should be frightened and scared, but we can call upon God, and God gives us a strength. In the second day, the second coming of the Lord, this time that we're in right now, God is doing something of a strengthening to his church right now, strengthening to his people, all right? And, um, and I... I'm not sure how that happened. I'm almost out of time. And um, praise God. And so, so that's, that's what's coming. And that's the mission of, uh, of Jesus, to proclaim liberty. And that's our mission as well, 
We're, we're to share the gospel. We're to be bold. We're to be, be strong right now. Not strong in our own self because we're not, but strong in the Lord. All right? And um, the book of Joel, uh, I could go into it an awful lot. That's your homework. Read chapter 2 of Joel. We're talking about the day of the Lord, the second coming. But in the midst of it, he talks that in that day, the Spirit of the Lord will be upon uh, your sons and your daughters. And your old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions, all right? And that came at the first Pentecost and it still continues to now, all right? But in the, that's just like a little sandwich in between the day of the Lord and the vengeance and the coming and, 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 the, and, the, and the terror that's, that's about to come right now and the second coming of the Lord, all right? And... Uh, uh, and then I want to read Psalm 2. This is where we're at right now in the world. Right now, Psalm 2. I absolutely love this, this uh, chapter. I'm in the process of trying to memorize all uh, 12 verses of it. But here's where we are, all right? We're speaking of the coming reign of the Lord's anointed, the Messiah. Verse 1, why are the nations in an uproar and the people devising a, or plotting a vain thing? That is what we have right now. We have the WEF. We have the world elites right now gathering on a yearly or two or three times a year in different places, and they're plotting. They are devising how they're going to implement this one world government. All right? This is what's happening. The, the nations are raging. There, there are things that are going on, and there's some things that are thwarting their plans. And this is where I don't know where exactly we fit. I know long-term that they're gonna, they're gonna, God's going to give it to them for seven years. All right? There's coming a time where God's going to lift his hand and let these uh, wicked, evil rulers have their way for seven years. At the middle point, the Antichrist will be revealed, all right? We know that's coming, but the timing of it, we don't know. That is, I'm, this is my personal prayer and, 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 and what I'm believing for, but I'm not prophesying. I'm believing that in 23 and 24, we're going to see a harvest of souls coming. We're going to see an abundance come into the church. We're going to see something happen. That's what I am believing for. I don't know if it's going to happen exactly like that. I don't know. We could be. There's some saying that we're about to see the fourth horseman. The fourth horseman, that means we're in the second or third year of tribulation already. All right? And that may, we may well be. I, I, I honestly do not know. All right? But when we see the, the um, it could, it, you know what? And it could be 20 or 30 or 40 years away. Could be. It could be, all right? But let's prepare that he's coming really soon, all right? Let's get our hearts ready that he is coming soon. And uh, Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and plot, the people's plot, a vain thing, to the kings or the elites of the earth take their stand and the rulers take their counsel together against the Lord and his anointed? Every time you, you turn on the news or you good news, all right, or whatever. Uh, they are coming against the church. They're coming against the people of God. 
Uh, they're coming against the values of the Bible. Uh, has anybody been he hearing this stuff? I mean, you just have to look at Disney, all right? I mean, that used to be one of the most sweet, innocent shows, 6 o'clock every Sunday night, you know, we'd all gather around and watch the, the, what was it called again? The World of Disney or whatever, World of what, anyway. Uh, it, 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 was a, it was a wonderful children's program. Now it's gone totally woke, and, 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 and not just Disney, but you'd look, well, why, why do we have drag queens uh, uh, doing story hours and dancing? And I mean, this is a perversion. This is disgusting, all right? This, is, this should not happen. Why is it happening? And if you speak against it, then you are racist, misogynist, this, that, again. No, I'm just a, 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 an honest person. We're just honest people saying this shouldn't happen. Leave our kids alone. But they have an agenda, and it's not the Lord's agenda. Then verse 3, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away the cords from us. In other words, they're saying, let's break free from the chains of this religion and then this stuff that, that has been around for centuries. Let's break free and let's rule without God. But there it is, verse 4, second coming. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Come on, everybody laugh. <laughs> Come on. When you see what is going on in the news, what is the Lord's not up there saying, oh, boy, I, you know, Chris, I don't know what to do. Gail, uh, can you help me out? I don't know what's, they, 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 they sure, I, I didn't see this coming. David, I didn't see, what am I going to, how am I going to get, you know? How am I going? No, no, no. He sits in the heaven and laughs. He knows this. He saw this right from the beginning. Right. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord scoffs at them. Then he shall will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. All right? And you can go on and it says, I'll establish my king upon Zion. That's going to happen. All right? And then it says here, uh, verse 8, Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. Who? The king of kings, Jesus, this one that was born in a manger, is going to rule and reign, and he's going to rule and reign the nations. All right? And he's going to worship. He's, he's going to break them with, uh, 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 with a rod of iron and shatter them like earthenware. All right? You can go on. And then it comes out and says, Worship the Lord. Glory to God. And so, in trying to wrap up and summarize this, the, uh, the revelation I got this week is that, and I haven't heard this preached before, but it, it, it just fits, it just makes sense, that his first coming, he came as a manger, came to bring salvation. His first coming is part of the doctrine of justification. When we become born again, at any time we, we start a relationship with Jesus, we are justified. And so his first coming was to make a way for us to be right with God. That's his first coming. And any time uh, since his coming, we can be made right. There had a way in the Old Testament, we won't go there, that there was righteous people, as, as we've been told, that, that, that are right. But Jesus came to die on a cross, to give salvation so that we can be set free. We can be set free from addictions. We can be set free from ways of thinking that are wrong. 
the cross, the blood, the sacrifice to be saved. And many, if not all, people in this room have received him. And if you haven't, we're going to pray in just a moment. But a second coming, this is the part that I never saw. And I woke up at 3 in the morning and I thought, this is it. The second coming is about his sanctification. Think about it. Whenever somebody dies, all right, uh, we are justified in Christ. The day we give our hearts to the Lord, we have crossed over from light to darkness. But then there's a process of sanctification that takes us all our life. All right? Uh, none of us arrive until that moment that we go to glory. Then we've arrived. All right? And we are sanctified. But Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back in a means of sanctification for all of us. That when we cross that line, when we get raptured, when we go up, all right, that's when we are sanctified. So his first coming is justification. second coming is sanctification. Praise God. I missed out some very key verses here, um, but time doesn't permit me to go there. But in, in Isaiah, it says, return to me. In Joel, it says, return to me. Return to me. He said it again, return to me. In those days, the day of the Lord, return to me. This is a day. The first coming of Jesus, people could come to Jesus, come to know who he was. We can come and experience his presence. The second coming is a time for the church to come back to him. The first coming, the Jewish people were far away from God. They had a form of religion, but lacked the power thereof. And right now, the, the church is in a disarray. The church is lacking holiness, lacking, lacking the power of God. And his second return, we need to get to be that bride without spot or wrinkle. All right, give me uh, five more minutes. I have to go to this, this verse right here, and then we'll close up. It's found in 2 Thessalonians. I would be amiss if we didn't talk about these verses in chapter... First Thessalonians, sorry. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me read these verses here. Verse uh, 15. We're very close to this time, folks. This is a very sobering moment to think about. Not a fearful, all right? We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This is the time the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We lack the wisdom of God. We lack the fear of God right now. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep, those that have died. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, his second coming, with a shout. He's not coming as a babe in a manger, not known, kind of uh, tucked away in a, in a nowhere place, in a nowhere pl a city or whatever. He's coming and the heavens will open up and every eye will see when he comes. 
All right, it's not a, it's not a quiet little, uh, he's coming and people will know. All right, and sh- with a shout, uh, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. All right. In chapter 5, it talks about uh, the, the, the day of the Lord. All right. Verse 1, now to the times and the epochs, of brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you now, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, a suddenly. Uh, while they were saying this peace and safety and then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pangs upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Listen to this, verse 4, but you brethren are not in darkness. Turn to somebody and say, you are not in darkness. That day shall not overtake you like a thief. How can that be? He's going to come like a thief, but you will not because we're in the light. People in darkness, it will come like a thief. But people of the word, people, we will know. We know that he's coming. Listen, come on now. All right? Um, For you're all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. All right? So let us be alert and sober. And it goes on and on, but I want to go finish off with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2. All right. Um, Verse 2 said, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostate. Apostasy means the falling away comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. All right. The the man of lawlessness is the Antichrist. And that's at the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation when he rises up in the temple. There's coming a falling away, a major falling away. I'm believing not one person in this room will fall away. I'm believing that each one of you is forewarned. You're people of the light. You are not people of the darkness. God is not coming like a thief. You are going to know, all right? Uh, you may not know the exact hour or day, but you'll know the season, the time, and that if we're in that season, could be a month, it could be a year, it could be seven years for his return. We, we don't know, all right? I don't believe it's preeminent, like it could come at any time. I believe there's things that have to happen before, but those things can come quite quickly, all right? And so... Um, as we're celebrating Christmas, and it's a joyous time of year, it is incredible. I love. Next week, we're going to sing all kinds of Christmas carols. It's going to be so good. All right, with Helene on the keyboard. And um, so if you're able to come next week, come. Uh, enjoy your family gatherings. Uh, you're, you're sharing a Christmas presence, eating turkey, gobble, gobble. All right. Uh, enjoy your time. Really enjoy your time, but always keep in your remembrance that the Lord is coming back and we need to live our life in light of his second coming. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for Christmas. Father, we know that there's trappings and we know there's things 
about Christmas that are from pagan origins. And we know that this is not the time of year you were born. But for whatever reason, it has become a time that we celebrate your birth. And there is incredible grace. There's incredible uh, joy about this season for families coming together. And we bless every family here. We bless your family, your extended family, those that you gather with, those that are far away that you can't gather with, those that are traveling. Uh, as we speak, Victoria's sister's in the air traveling up here. And we're, they're we'll see them this afternoon. And, uh, and so, Father, there are, there's a lot of rejoicing that can happen. A lot of rejoicing. And let's have joy. But let us always be mindful and let us always be alert for your second coming and that your soon return and let us be bold in our witness. Now, if there's anyone that needs to rededicate their life to God or maybe give their life for the first time, I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to ask you all to say it. And when you're saying it, just so oh, here I go again saying this prayer again, no, make it personal. Make it personal. Say this prayer, Lord Jesus, today I want to walk in the light. I want to be alert to your soon return. I acknowledge and repent of my sin. Cleanse me. Forgive me. I renew and refresh my commitment to you, you are my Lord, my Savior. Touch me in such a deep way that my thinking is transformed. My way of life is transformed. Fill me with your spirit to live a life that pleases you. From this day forward, I will live with the conscious awareness of your soon return. Open my ears to hear and my heart to receive revelation from the Spirit of God and lead me and order my footsteps, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for joining us. I pray that you were encouraged by this message. And don't forget to tune in later this week when Dr. Russ Moyer shares a message about moving forward while staying in your place. We hope to see you then.